Are you ready, ready, ready? Ready for the end of the world? We ready. Are you ready for the end of the world? Uh, maybe. Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. I forgot the wake-up uh, part, huh? <laughs> well, I get, that comes at the end. So, First, got to bring back the circle again. There you go. <laughs> wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit on your community radio. <laughs> Let's bring it back. <laughs> yes. What do we bring it back to? I don't know. Who, who are we? What are we doing on there? What's your <laughs> name over yeah, there? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, this is your community spirit. It is now September. Yes. We missed August. August, do you remember anything... In August, oh, nobody yeah. was complaining. <laughs> it was like so beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful out. It's like, all right, maybe August will come back just for a few days. Yeah, I think it. I think we've turned into a desert. Yesterday <laughs> it was sixty-eight degrees when I got up, and by ten o'clock it was like ninety-seven. <laughs> yeah, well, we've turned into a, a area where the climate changes irregularly. Oh, <laughs> that area is called Planet Earth. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> All right, summer has gone. Well, as the weather cools and fleets of school buses take to the streets, I can't help but look back on this long and sweaty summer huh. of 90 degree, well, 110 degree. Did we ever hit 110 degrees? Huh. I don't know. Heat index, I mean, heat index easily got to 110 degrees. Oh, I don't okay. know. There temperature wise, I don't know yeah, about so. that. Hmm. So I w I've been thinking about how I spent my time this summer. So this is a nice little work-life balance article by Julia Douglas. Some of the things to do about balancing your work and your life to make it so that you feel like you have, well, a balance, right? Hmm. Time management. The only reason why I care about time management, that corporate-sounding item we ascribe to the illusion that we capture the nature of time and wrangle it into something we can control. <laughs> with this in mind, I've come up with a list of ways to bend time to our <laughs> advantage. Or at least, try. Number one, look for the weird. You're listening to us, so that's a good start. Uh, you've already found a little bit of the weird. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, maybe in your case. On my commute this morning, I felt like I was pulling the car into a well-rutted, predictable path full of traffic when I noticed a praying mantis clinging to the edge of the window. I was amazed that at 45 miles per hour, this little creature was body surfing the wind, swaying her abdomen from side to side when I took a corner. It reminded me that staying flexible is key to beating the odds. It also reminded me that there's something weird and wonderful around us most of the time if we opened our eyes and paid attention. <laughs> yes. Uh, and another, another way to do this is to automate as many choices as possible. Now, this doesn't mean letting a machine make the choices for you. <laughs> this means planning in advance, uh, designating a time and place to do your routine tasks or chores so that you don't have to spend that mental energy on, oh, what should I be doing next? Uh, yeah, I've actually started doing more of this lately because uh, now that I uh, 
uh, work more at Guy House. You know, I, I've got specific times I've got to do those things, and then I want to do my other chore things at certain times, too. And it's also, if you have a set pattern of doing things, like an example for me is washing dishes. I wash dishes, and I don't even think about it, really. I just wash the dishes, mm-hmm. and it just becomes an ingrained physical activity, almost like meditation. Uh, yeah. You're not thinking about what you're doing too much. Yeah. You know, so. Number three, identify peak productivity time and knock as much as possible out. You already did that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Focus, pay attention. <laughs> Overestimate activity and underestimate time. That's right. If you think it's going to take this amount of time, add 20% more time to that. And this is to stop borrowing against time. <laughs> yes, and don't book every single minute of your day. Uh, build in pura vida time. Or in Costa Rican parlance, time spent enjoying life. Uh, listening to the crickets or even staring up at the clouds. Uh, that's something I believe in too. I mean, this is a, a perfect example of people who go on vacation and then schedule so much time <laughs> that when they come back, they're more exhausted than when they left. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the same thing applies to life. Yeah. Have unscheduled time so you can take a little vacation, right? Mm-hmm. So I almost read that one again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't book every single minute of your day. I like that one. Good riddance grief. Uh, guilt. guilt. Well, it's grief, too. Grief also. <laughs> guilt is the jalopy that drives us down the road paved with good intentions, the ones leading to the jaws of hell. <laughs> don't commit to things you truly don't have an interest in doing or have the time to do. You can have full intention of doing something, but if you don't commit to it, it is a surprise when you do it. <laughs> so... um. Yeah, so here's another one. Uh, Fix your Achilles heels. Now, this is an important one. Uh, What's your biggest time waster? The internet, video games, worrying, uh, Facebook. (laughs) Identify the loops in your life and you'll get a chance to step into them and put a stop to behavior that's become route rather than pleasure of a pastime. I know it's easier said than done, but it's worth doing. And I'm working on that, too. I know people who... who have friends of theirs change their Facebook password for like a week so they can get something done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, I, I'm not. I'm not that bad with it. You know. Oh, I, really? Yeah. I want you to log how much time you spend on Facebook. <laughs> that is. Well, I guess you could be productive on Facebook. Yeah, I'm actually becoming a little more productive now on Facebook. <laughs> get out of your head. The voices in my head are a nonstop gab fest, but nothing shuts them up like dancing around my house with wild abandonment or checking in with a friend or family member and see how their corner of the world is doing. The conversation's usually much better than the loopy one going around in my head. <laughs> yes, and I like this last one. Yeah, I wanted to have you do this one. Yeah, this see. last one is say, Hello, gorgeous. Ooh. What's beautiful at this very moment to you? You're waiting in line at the post office or at the doctor's office, uh, but what do you see that pleases you? Uh, is it the 85-year-old across from you? Is it someone with a jaunty blue hat, frog pin, and devilish smile? Is it the image of your child when you squeeze your eyes shut and imagine her in front of you pretending to be a pirate, uh, an oven mitt on her hand, and a stand in for a hook? Uh, yeah, so you, when you're in this situation that seems boring, recast your surroundings, and odds are you'll rewire the experience. 
Uh, and I, I, I believe that way entirely. Sometimes what I was just talking to someone about this recently, you know, sometimes what I like to do is imagine a spontaneous musical breaking out. <laughs> Let's see what that would be like. <laughs> I'm, uh, never, I'm never bored. I remember what boredom was like, but I'm never bored anymore. I was actually mad they had one of those, I forget what they're called now, but were people seemingly spontaneous. Oh, yeah, like a flash mob. There you go. They just had one I read in the paper. And I didn't know about it. I've always wanted to be part of a flash mob or see one. Yeah, well, maybe yeah. we could do one. Yeah, it would just be, I mean, to just see people seemingly spontaneously do anything is just phenomenal. It's yeah. Just, I mean, I've seen videos and stuff. Yeah, so. the, so- the sauna music in the train station in, uh, in Europe, that was a great one. Well, my favorite was the one where the, the they, like about 100 people started cheering when someone picked up something and put it in the recycling bin. <laughs> I really liked that one because people kept walking past it and then, you know, camera crew came out and people were all cheering. Yay. And, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was phenomenal. The lady looked so embarrassed. <laughs> but then she started bowing, so she got into it. So, <laughs> Have you noticed that in this last week there's been a few big issues? Let's try to talk about at least one of them. One of them was Irene. Who's Irene? Um, isn't that a movie? It's... It's a big storm. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the movie was about a big storm? <laughs> so there's Irene, and then the other one is the protests in Washington. I don't know if I can tie the two together, but we'll try to talk about both of these big issues, starting with Irene to be one of the costliest storms in U.S. history. Hmm. Though Irene spared New York, it's extremely important to recognize that some of those worst-case scenarios actually did come true, and severe flooding ravaged communities upstate and in Vermont. Tragedy befell North Carolina, Virginia, New Jersey. Philadelphia was swamped with historic flooding. Millions were and are without power. Irene was indeed a capital D disaster. All told, in fact, the storm so far has been estimated to have claimed 42 lives and caused up to $10 billion in damage. And of Mm. course, it's just the beginning of disasters to come. Um, If you would like to read the whole article, well, you must get on our newsletter. So, Mm. I've actually threw in a couple of extra articles in here it, for the people who are on the newsletter. Uh, so Yeah, and how do they get on the newsletter? Well, they can email radio at yourcommunityspirit.org Or they can email me at treesong at treesong.org This one's weird. Alright, do we want to go to the, the lab the lab meet? Um, no, not really, but you know, it's the <laughs> we next should mention news- it anyway. Yeah, it's the next news article. Yeah, uh, lab-grown meat is just six months away. Scientists say. Well, it's six months away, but how do you know if you're not already eating some kind <laughs> of? I mean, like what they grow e- on the cow. No, go ahead, read the article. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've, we've talked about it before as a possibility else. that red meat, with supposedly without the environmental drawbacks, and meat supposedly without the animal cruelty. And without the industrial scale cattle ranches and so on, uh, but they've been researching it uh, diligently in laboratories uh, for years now, and the supermarkets are in line to sell it now. And evidently, there's been a break. They're on the verge of a breakthrough. That some scientists speculate we might see the first lab-grown sausage arrive in just six months, and then six months after that, a lab burger. 
And they're not going to call it a lab burger. You're yeah. not going to know. They're, they're going to have to do like they do with cheese. If it's got less than 50% cheese in it, they call it cheese food. They'll have to call it meat food. <laughs> you think they will? I, 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 well, I hope they have to label them some way. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, how? I mean, if it's laboratory-grown meat, it's meat, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to be making the claim that it's no different than any other meat. So we're probably going to have to go to the grocery stores with labels to, <laughs> to, to label that product. So it's a scientist actually experimenting mostly with pig cells because um, has actually developed a way to grow muscle under lab conditions Yeah, by feeding pig stem cells with horse fetal serum. Okay, so the... <laughs> Fetal means babies. Yeah. So they take a, ba- a baby horse, they take uh, something out of it, and they put it in the stem cell of a pig. <laughs> that doesn't sound freaky at all. <laughs> it doesn't sound appetizing. I, they're also referring to them as uh, muscle-like strips. I think that should be the brand name. Like, <laughs> instead of beef jerky, muscle-like strips. <laughs> yeah, so he actually grew um, 2.5 centimeters long, which is what, like... I mean, and then uh, 0.7 centimeter wide. That's like the size of an eraser on a pencil. <laughs> I mean, the thickness, Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a little longer than that, but <laughs> it's still pretty small, but they've actually done it. So, so it'll, it sounds like the size of, I don't know, M&M's or Skittles. It'll be like meat Skittles. <laughs> um, um, a meat strip. Honey, we're out of meat strips. So... U.S. Navy's wave power buoy plays chicken with Irene, and guess what? Wins! So, last week, Irene was like, oh, here, here I am. I'm going to rock you like myself. And off the coast of Jersey, where else, the U.S. Navy's power buoy was like, bring it, bring it, bring it. Mm -hmm. Demonstration that wave power does have its applications. The power buoy not only survived a direct hit by Irene, apparently... Spent the duration of the storm doing one-arm push-ups while lecturing on an implicable force of nature in, what's the Helgelian dialect? Hmm. I don't know what that one is. It actually dealt with wave heights as high as 15 meters, that's nearly 50 feet, and it actually produced power. <laughs> Lots of power. So... They actually didn't know how to deal with all the power, so... <laughs> yeah, and Hegelian dialect would take a whole uh, radio show to explain, so we <laughs> just won't go there. <laughs> well, especially if a buoy's talking it, so... Yeah. I thought that was cute, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, in the, in the not-so-cute category... Uh, Obama! No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, that's part of why I got elected. He is kind of cute, but... <laughs> but he can't catch a break on oil, you know. No, Nobody's happy with what he's doing. Uh... Uh, so there's this chart. Uh, we've we've tried to come up with technology to send this chart, charts and videos and pictures to you through the radio, but haven't figured it out yet. But uh, basically, drilling is up right now. Uh, number of oil rigs in the in the U.S. drilling has gone up in the past few years, and it's there's a huge surge, up nearly 60 percent in the past year, and the highest total since 1987. Uh, and so Obama opens up the country to a drilling spree. And naturally, the progressives are angry at him because... uh, The word is pissed. (laughs) I didn't want to have to cover the ears of any little kids listening. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, we, you know, people who care about things like clean air, clean water, and a livable climate are a little worried about all this oil consumption. 
But guess what? Who else is pissed? The conservatives are, too. Uh, they blame Obama's supposed anti-drilling policies. Uh, and so Mitt, Mitt Romney said earlier this year, people are hurting, gasoline's expensive, and the policies of this administration that have focused solely on green technologies are not keeping the cost of gasoline down. <laughs> so he, he's quadrupling the number of oil rigs is not fast enough for them. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's no pleasing everybody, but probably the fact that everybody's mad at him might be a sign that he's trying to be somewhere in the middle. But I, 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 to me, though, it doesn't sound like moderation to be quadrupling the number of oil drilling rigs in the U.S. And oil prices are go, you know, going up despite the, both the record drilling and the highest domestic oil production levels in almost a decade. The Energy Information Agency actually has been making a, a point for years now that more drilling does not have significant impact on oil prices. Ah, now if only there were other forms of technology that could provide us with energy. Is, is anything like that going on in the world? Well, the number one form would be using less. Yes. Number two form would be renewable energy. There's a country in the world that has less sun than anywhere in the U.S., including Alaska, and yet... Germany sets renewables record. That's right. They've set another record with renewable energy. A new report by the German Association of Energy and Water Industries highlights in the first half of 2011's renewables accounted for fully 20.8% of power production. Throughout the past decade, Germany has fundamentally transformed the way it produces energy. The country increased its share of renewable energy from 5% in 2000 to 18% in 2010, and they've consistently met their targets ahead of schedule, and they're producing power in a country that has no sun. Hmm. I mean, it's a very, very cloudy country, and yet they are producing 20% of their energy. You know, The real change came in the photovoltaic sector, where output almost doubled, up more than 76% since 2010. So... Hmm. Equipment prices have plummeted by 50% since 2006, reflecting more competition and demand. Uh, I mean, yeah. Germany has really pushed the demand and therefore caused the price to plummet. It's hmm. been a very roller coaster ride, predominantly down. Huh. It's, um, so. Yeah. So let's see, some other tech-related news. Uh, Apple under the gun from Chinese groups over supply chain pollution. Uh, five Chinese environmental NGOs published the findings of a seven-month study showing that Apple has a lot of cleanup work to do on its supply chain. The coalition said that they put pressure on the consumer electronics giant over pollution caused by manufacturers in its supply chain, but that the claims have yet to be addressed. Uh, so, yeah, they're... Uh, we shifted all our pollution over to China, mm -hmm. but China's starting to say, what? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, and Apple pretends to be really green, so this is going to hit them pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this, this is... How yeah. do they pretend to be green? Well, they... I thought they pretend to be white. <laughs> yeah. Clean they, and prestigious against all those black computers out there. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they have this image, you know, it's part of their uh, hip image that they try to do. Like, oh, you know, we're energy saving, we're this and that. Uh, but they had 10 on-site investigations of suppliers, uh, suspected suppliers, and other links in the supply chain. And uh, as many as 27 suppliers to Apple are guilty of pollution problems, according to this uh, coalition. 
Uh, so yeah, uh, they polluted water into the uh, Yangtze River. Uh, all sorts of negative things going on over there. So if I mean, you may want to ask Apple questions. If you're an Apple user, an Apple fan, uh, you like their computers, you may want to send an email uh, saying, "Hey, what's this all about? What are you doing to correct this problem?" And if you would like to uh, read Apple's non-response, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we have a link to that on our newsletter. So, our final news article, I think. I guess I forgot to include the one about the protests in Washington. Yeah, I don't see it here in the list. You know, there, there, there. A lot of my friends or people I know or have connections with um, in the climate movement have yeah. been getting arrested in Washington on purpose. Yeah. To to show um, now the debate right now is: Are they trying to show and stop? You know the the oil, tar tar oil coming from Canada. Yeah, they're building this huge pipeline from Canada to the U- U.S. Right? Are they doing? Are is that the primary reason, or are they trying to do politics? Hmm. You know, is it all about climate change? And it's a little of every it. Yeah. Because you know? everybody has their personal reason. Yeah, and everything's related too. You know, if they're uh, trying to stop this particular project, one of the reasons why is climate change. So it's all connected. <laughs> and coming up, there's the 24 hours of climate reality. If you go to climate reality, I think dot org, it's going to be 24 hours of presentations around the world about climate change. <laughs> yeah. And um, culminating, um, well, it's just a global movement, and so yeah, we shifted away from shifted away from let's talk about the climate to saying let's do something right let's yeah. this is real this is a reality let's I, do something and each hour of the 24 hours will highlight a uh it, it will highlight developments in that time zone you know they'll saying oh you know like when it's in the you know this time zone they'll probably say something like what what chicago did or what a city the major city in south america that's in this time zone what they did you know yep so <laughs> Um, they might even say something that Carbondale did if we send them info. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of registering, but I'm teaching a class that day, and so I can't do, like, an actual specific, but I'll do, like, a half hour in my class just saying, you know. I usually throw in in my renewable energy classes the politics of renewables. And, yeah. You know, I uh-huh. talk about climate change and how in the U.S., we're the only country in the world that it's a political issue. <laughs> that, I mean... Where it's it's not accepted to to, to debate clearly and consist, you know about climate change. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, let's talk about something a little more fun. Ve- vegetarians enjoy oral sex more. Says OK Cupid. <laughs> all right. Now we regularly post on the connections between a vegetarian diet and the effect on the planet. However, OkCupid has trumped us in a way we never saw coming. That's right. Triumphed. Vegetarians enjoy oral sex more than non-vegetarians. The findings come via OkCupid's data blog, where they give you a backstage pass to online dating. The blog divulges everything from the best first date questions to which states are the most gay curious. As sensational as these findings are, I wouldn't qualify them as mere trivial. 
<laughs> if you would like a link to that or just go to OkCupid, it is a very detailed, not how to do it, <laughs> but detailed, you know, compare, com- comparison. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah they've got like they like to do like trends to analyze the data they've got through this this website, and that's uh, they've got detailed analysis there. <laughs> All right, so and I actually had a friend that she would not date someone who was not vegetarian because she said they tasted weird. <laughs> if that makes sense, so <laughs> I was just slightly insinuating something there. All right, <laughs> let's get into the. The happenings, we only have a few minutes to talk about all the happenings in town. Yes. Today happens to be September 2nd, 2011. Today is Calendar Adjustment Day. In 1751, Britain issued a Gregorian correction for the following year. The act attempted to sync up the Gregorian and lunar calendars by eliminating September Uh 3rd through September 13th. The act also set January 1st as the official New Year's Day. Until then, it had been March 25th, which kind of makes sense. You know, spring, beginning of spring, everything's beautiful. It's a much better day for, you know, but by doing it in the middle of January, it gives us something to celebrate in the middle of winter. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. So. So let's see. uh, Other holidays coming up. Uh, Let's see. What's this one? Uh, Bicentennial Day? Huh, I haven't heard of that one before. Bicentennial Birthday of Bicentennial, the imaginary creator of a series of ten battle yells. Uh, and Calendar Adjustment Day? Uh, coming up Saturday? Oh, this is going to create a lot of stir on the internet. The birthday of Charlie Sheen, the actor. He's been every, in, come on, <laughs> every day for him is his birthday. Well, every day for him is a day to, uh, I don't know, celebrate. <laughs> celebrate he, he survived another day. Independence Day for Qatar on Saturday. Sunday is International Drive Your Studebaker Day. It's just one day a year, you know. And Newspaper Carrier Day. <laughs> yes, and uh, Monday is uh, Be Late for Something Day. You could do it on Tuesday, don't <laughs> yeah, worry. Yeah, I'll do it on Tuesday. <laughs> it's also Labor Day in the U.S. Uh, most countries in the world celebrate Labor Day on May 1st. But we made up a separate Labor Day in the U.S., uh, the first Monday of September. Tuesday is another Look Unlimited Day, hmm. Unification Day in Bulgaria, Independence Day in Swansea Land. Yes, and Wednesday is Grandma Moses Day, uh, Neither Rain Nor Snow Day, and the anniversary of the founding of Google. What? <laughs> Google didn't used to exist. It's also the birthday of Buddy Holly, the musician. Thursday is Nixon Pardon Day and the UN International Literacy Day and the anniversary of the Star Trek TV premiere. <laughs> That's exciting. So what about local community happenings? Anything going on locally? Man, we're not going to get a time. Go <clears throat> ahead. Yeah. Let's see how fast we can do this. <clears throat> Today, Friday, Rice and Spice <laughs> International Dinner at the Guy House. This week, Melissa helps us celebrate by going Italian. Oh, yes. Hope to see you there. Also, the Friday Night Fair going on at the Town Square Pavilion on the corner of Illinois and Maine in Carbondale. 6 to 9 p.m. This week's entertainment is by Left Hand Smile. Saturdays from 8 until noon, the Farmer's Market in the West Town Mall parking lot. <laughs> yes. And that's uh, after that, you can go to the Vigil for Peace back at the Town Square Pavilion from noon to 1. 
next Thursday, September 8th at 7.30 p.m., Testy Turtles and Singing Tree Frogs. This presentation is free and open to the public at the Carbondale Township Hall. It is sponsored by the Sierra Club Shawnee Group. Oh, yes, sometimes people call me Tree Frog. They forget my name. My <laughs> name is Tree Song. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. And also coming up, we have uh, coming up soon the umpteenth annual Vegetarian Thanksgiving. Uh, we have a Vegetarian Thanksgiving over at the Guy House once a year. Uh, it's the Thursday before Thanksgiving. Uh, so we celebrate it while some of the students are still in town. And it's still a little ways off, but we're starting to do the planning. So you can email me at treesong at rgaiahouse.org if you'd like to get involved. And this is like 150 people come to dinner, so it is important for yeah. people to help organize it's, and cook and eat. Well, yeah. There's a lot of eating, too. It's a lot of fun, and it takes work to put it together. A new meeting time and day for Questions of Faith and Reality, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. at the Gaia House. So. Yes, and there's also the Interveg Vegetarian and Vegan Potluck on Thursday, uh, every Thursday at 6 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Introduction to Nonviolent Communication, tomorrow, September 3rd at 10 a.m. till noon. Again, tomorrow, Saturday, September 3rd. Nonviolent communication is a, pro- is a process that fosters more compassionate and understanding communication through honest evaluation and express expression of the common needs we all share. Again, introduction to nonviolent communication, Saturday, 10 till noon at our Guy House. Yes, and uh, keeping the support coming for Good Samaritan Ministries. Uh, they serve the homeless with the homeless shelter and food pantry, and they're still in a lot... They're, uh, getting shortages in their funding and in their food supplies, so they're still in need of a lot of help. 11 Days for Peace. Beginning on Sunday, September 11th, the 10th anniversary of the events of September 11th, 2001, a number of Carbondale groups have scheduled a variety of programs for peace. The public is invited to participate in all the program which will end with a closing event on International Peace Day, September 21st. A full schedule can be found at carbondale.lib.il.us slash peace.html. Hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, we got, we'll mention more about uh, 11 Days of Peace coming up soon and also about this one. Uh, art workshops offered for survivors of gender violence. Uh, the Women's Series is offering a series of three healing art workshops on the 13th, the 28th, and the 27th. Uh, you can contact them for more information about that at uh, 618-549-4807, extension 256. Good deal. This has been another exciting and informative, at least I hope, <laughs> half hour of your community spirit this is Orda Energy Mon, and, and I'll this see is you Tree Song. In, I'll see you in three weeks. Oh, wow. You're going to be gone in three weeks? Well, two. So uh-huh. I'm going to go teach a class in Ohio. Apparently, Athens, you know, they pronounce uh-huh. it Athens, but Athens, Ohio, there's a community college there that wants to learn about solar. So. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. Yeah. So uh-huh. we'll see you again on the radio. Yes, I will see you here next week on the radio. <laughs> All right.